Cultivated Being Podcast. Welcome to the Cultivated Being Podcast. This is a place, this is a community, really, of people who are healing from beginners to practitioners, I think. And everyone in between, this is, you know, we're all together basically to become truly who we are, who we're supposed to be, nothing more, nothing less than that, fully evolve into ourselves. And uh, this is also a place for my brother and I just chat about whatever's on our, <laughs> our, our minds. That's mostly what it is. That's, <laughs> That's mostly. So my name is Dr. Nick. Hi, this is my brother, Dr. Jake. What's up, Hello, Jake? Everyone. Good to be here, Nick. Yeah. Yep. That's all you got? <laughs> that was well, a very lofty, kind of important sounding intro. But that man's the truth. We talk about important things from time to time. Mostly yeah. just about that great unfolding of our lives. Just kind of be deepening a sense of our truer self, right? Connecting with that which is eternal Mm -hmm. and you know this is even though this is mainly my brother and i talking we get guests on here i mean the community the people who listen to this it's a growing growing population and the community is evolving it's it's totally people who are healing focused i yeah i mean just from what i'm seeing and the feedback that we're getting and it's cool to know that you guys are out there. You know, there's so much, there's so many different podcasts out there, but it's hard to find something that's really positive, uplifting, encouraging, having to do with your health holistically. Right. Some of the ones I listen to uh, can be kind of doom and gloom, can kind of be anxiety producing. Like, oh no. Yeah. I should be eating, I don't know, paleo or whatever. Or I should be doing this, or I'm not doing this. You could be worried. But this one, all right, we stress different things. Nick, you said this is a podcast about healing. What do you, what's healing mean to you? Healing means, I think, ultimately, doing what your being, your whole being, right? Body, soul, spirit should be doing right now without any interference. Right. Right. But that, <clears throat> is like what I would say optimum health, right? That's optimum health. So healing is the process of going from where I am right now to that. Right. So you can be unhealthy, but be healing. Correct. Because healing is in a way it's growth. Mm-hmm. It's that journey or adventure towards a state of unity and synchronicity in your body, mind, soul and spirit right totally okay now that we've tackled the most important question <laughs> i well i do have something I, i've been thinking about um i don't want to get into all the details behind it now that we just said we're trying to be positive i don't want to be doom and gloom here but there's something going on out there in the world i think a lot of people will will relate with this and it has to do with rejecting our bodies a lot of people, you know, you hear the word body shaming is one thing, but we all do it. Like, oh yeah, this person 
is body shaming, but I reject my body on so many levels. I criticize myself. I say all kinds of mean things to myself, not just about body image, but about who I am. I'm inadequate. All these other things I say to myself. I don't treat myself well when it comes to sleep, rest, um, exercise, eating, all of those things. I think there's a huge, I think there's a lot of people who would relate with this. They kind of, and this comes from philosophy, like way back when people thought like the body is bad. Things of, you know, maybe the soul is good, right? The spirit's good, but the body's bad. Do you relate Mm -hmm. with this at all? Yeah, I'm tracking, man. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm also thinking about a ton of people right now because this is this comes up clinically. Oh yeah. Uh people, beautiful people with beautiful bodies like have issues. Yeah. This is not um like if this is you listening and you're like, uh-huh, I I resonate with this. So does everybody. Yeah. Like this is like a thing that <laughs> like your neighbor, your coworker, your family member, like this, these are conversations that could be had because you're not going to be alone in this, right? Mm-hmm. This is going to be very much something you have support in. So what would you like? To, I mean, now that we're here, we've arrived at this topic. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what do you have to share? All right personal I kid you not last night I had a dream and this I never thought I got to say this on our pod but I'm kind of happy doing it spoilers for Avengers Endgame <laughs> did you see it I yeah, did Nick? see it yeah I saw it today, okay. right? so it's not like a plot spoiler but it's kind of a fun surprise uh, Thor kind of having blamed himself for not saving the day in the previous Avengers movie goes on like, well, he goes into deep despair and he like binge eats and binge drinks. And so you get to see a fat Thor. <laughs> and it's hilarious. His character is so funny in that movie. I gotta say. He's funny in all of them, but uh, I had a dream last night that I had like a fat Thor body. <laughs> and the realization was kind of slow. It's like, I saw like my upper body, like my like shoulders, my arms looked mighty (laughs) a term thor would use but then like i had a huge gut and i was just like i remember in the dream thinking like well when did this happen and maybe just like that acceptance of like well this was a matter of time for me (laughs) (laughs) but i'm like i like strong though Mm -hmm. i just remember just this it, it was mixed emotions in this dream and it was like very vivid yeah and Nick knows me. People listening know me. Nick, my brother, you are a mighty fellow. You are strong and sturdy. I'm slender. I'm dainty. <laughs> saying, you said it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm like, yeah, I'm like six one and 190 pounds. But compared to my brother, I'm like slender in frame. And to like be in a dream where I was like, <laughs> I was huge. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how I felt about it, but uh, I had just had a dream specifically about body image, which is kind of mm-hmm. funny. That is pretty, I mean, it's pretty funny. Um, 
And in, in no way I want to say that the only thing we're talking about when we talk about this body rejection is about body image. But since we're there, I've had kind of a long history of that ups and downs with it. Cause I've always just been heavier and I'm one of those people. I mean, I'm sure there's, there's so many reasons for it, but I'm one of those people. I, I eat the same as my friends and they're all skinny. And then I was like, what the heck? I feel like I just gained two pounds this meal, but um, you know, that was me. I think I was like 120 pounds when I was a second grader, <laughs> probably something like that. Um, but, uh, yeah. And you know, we all have those moments. I could think back on like an early one in childhood where one of the cute girls, when I was sitting on a chair, the cute girl said like, don't break it. That wasn't that bad. But then the even cuter girl next to her was like, that was so mean. That's the, those are the things that you're like, I didn't know how mean that was until that person said it. <laughs> you're like, I'm trying not to break this chair. Yeah. I'm like, good point. I don't want to break it. Um, no, I mean, and I, I, I'm at a place of humor with it all, which has been humor is always healing for me. Cause it's like humility, I think in a lot of ways, I mean, you can have really dark negative humor. That's not good, but um, so we went there. So I thought I would be vulnerable and share some of that stuff, but there, but going beyond just the superficial aspect of that, right. There is this, this thing underlying it going to the very core of who we are, where we have this soul spirit who is saying body or bad. Um, you, you, first of all, cause you don't cooperate with me. <laughs> you don't, right. you aren't doing what I want you to do. But the other part, because you know, a lot of faith histories, people just felt like you had to reject and deny your body in order to be a, you know, a holy person or something. I think that's another aspect of it without going into all the denominations that really, you know, emphasize that about our spiritual background sure which is like like denying the flesh or like quieting the flesh or disciplining the flesh was like uh that's like part of the lexicon of our faith background right so i could see like easily misinterpreting that to like i need to punish my body yeah and i need need to deny my desires in order to be holy. Yeah, but it's it's not denying, right? It's aligning your desires is the goal, right? With the divine, right? Yeah, enlightening your desires. Right. And that was what John Paul II's whole thing was. His great, enormous, immense work on the theology of the body was, he was saying, it's not that, you know, we're, we're, it's not that we're, you know, he was talking about the body actually in a lot of different ways. One of them being having to do with sexual sins. Right. So we could all think about this for a second, but he's like, it's not that when someone is, you know, naked that we are, when we're looking at that, that, uh, that in itself is wrong. It's that we see too little in the person as a whole that makes it wrong. Right. Um, and he was basically what he was trying to allude to is that like, 
our thoughts, desires, feelings, emotions about all of these body things are too small, too unenlightened. And instead of denying them, we need to go further, up, higher and further in, right? As St. Augustine would say. So, and that's, you know, that's the truth of it. It's like, it's like, yeah, we, we've, we've rejected so much of it instead of enlightened it. So the conversation, the discourse isn't even there. It's not in the right place um, when it comes to the body. That was a little bit of a tangent, but hopefully that painted a little bit of a picture. Um, I was trying to paint the picture without getting too graphic about it. I mean, this is, <laughs> this Nick, is, you can get as graphic as you want. It's just I mean, a conversation. It's yeah. me and you, baby. So as an example, and if you're an imagery kind of a person, the, what I was trying to say is basically the difference between like, um, Michelangelo or Bernini or, um, you know, these great artists, Caravaggio depicting the human form versus like pornography, right? There's a big difference in art that captures something holistically goes deeper into deeper truth and love and goodness rather than objectifying and um, losing subjectivity and all those things that go that deny. Um, does that make a little sense? That's just the image that I'm yeah, trying. That's to- a great way to think about it. Go higher and further. Yeah. Um, and start with your own body. Okay. So here's something I want to, I want everyone to think about. We have the animalistic part of ourselves that is, subconscious it's our physical body right and we have our conscious mind which is part of our soul so with you know this dichotomy that we keep talking about kind of battling each other you kind of have to treat your body as that animalistic side of you kind of like a pet dog that's how i like to think about it because Mm -hmm. you see a dog come in the room and you everyone's just like Oh, you know, like the sweetest thing. It doesn't matter what kind of dog it is. It doesn't matter if the dog just did something totally stupid or gross or whatever. It's like something cute that you just, you know, to love instinctively. Mm -hmm. And so this, I think, is a helpful image for people to start to work at not rejecting their bodies, but loving themselves is start to treat your body and all of its foibles all of the weird things that it does um, like it's just that little puppy. Cause it is, I mean, it's doing its freaking best and it is just completely who it is. It can't lie. Your body can't lie. It has symptoms because it's trying to tell you a message. It can't fake the message. You know, when you, when you mentioned at the beginning of this conversation, like <laughs> your body doesn't cooperate with you. Uh, it's kind of the other way around. Your body just yeah. does what it's programmed to do, and which is protect itself and survive, right? So if there's issues, you don't feel like it's cooperating. It's not the body's fault. The body behaves perfectly based on the conditions given to it. It's the condition's fault. And a lot of those conditions are choice-based, your choices, 
which are a lot of times conscious, but there's a lot of subconscious choices and, you know, those little micro decisions we make all day, but those uh, we need to start taking responsibility for Mm -hmm. and how you take responsibility for is engaging in your life. How do I feel about things? How am I feeling in this moment? How do I respond to this thing that's happening in my life? Getting back in the driver's seat. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, hopefully this is kind of given some people a couple extra tools to think this stuff through and and reflect on how they treat their themselves. Um, it takes some serious humility. I mean, that's this is what it always goes back to, right? This is the mother of all virtue because humility is being who you are. Nothing more, nothing less. This is kind of back to the intro here. Right. And so if you are who you are, you own your true identity, which as Catherine of Siena says, sets the world on fire. Right. You being what? Yeah. You being who you truly are. Right. Nothing more, nothing less sets the world on fire. That is what we're trying to do here. Right. It's us getting in our own way. So actually, let's talk about some self-sabotage here. I think that's really useful for people. People don't know. <laughs> Incredibly. Let's do it. So I don't think we've really talked about self-sabotage before, but this is you getting in your own way of any kind of health, happiness, wholeness, joy, these things that come naturally to you when you're being who you are, right? It's like I think about the anatomical chart a lot, you know, the anatomical chart for people who haven't done medical school is this chart of what your body looks <laughs> it like looks like at a state of rest or whatever. It's like balance. supposed to, mm-hmm. yeah, balance and everything like that. If you look at that at an emotional level <laughs> and a soul level, what would the anatomy chart look like? It looks like joy. It looks like peace, right? Yeah. Th- those things just kind of are natural to you when you're not sabotaging yourself. So let's talk about maybe a couple of sabotage patterns so people can start to relate with it a little bit more. All right. Let's start with the one that is just the most basic and the one I see a ton clinically. Is there something wrong with me? So if you believe there is something wrong with me and why you would believe that is because it's been enforced in your life to some extent, right? At a young age, someone did something, something happened where you felt, okay, I have problems. Something's wrong with me. I'm not okay. Your subconscious wants to be right, right? It wants to be validated. And so if you believe deep down there's something wrong with me, that's going to keep getting reinforced, Because while it sucks to have an experience where you feel like (laughs) there's something wrong with you, you still get a payoff. You get an ego payoff being like, I knew it. I knew (laughs) there was something wrong with me. And the cycle continues. Yeah. I mean, and who is that perfect of an expert and master and guru and teacher and whatever around you that is actually telling you the perfect truth 
at all times, right? It's like usually when you get into that experience, it's like, okay, the circumstances didn't align. There is a bad outcome and I need to blame someone. So I'll blame myself. I'll blame my body. It's like, well, why? That's not like we were saying before, you know, the body just did exactly what it should have done. It's not the problem. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that, you know, it's, I, one reason why you know, Jake and I are talking about this, it is so frequent, but I think that this sabotage pattern, there's something wrong with me leads to like a lot of the other ones. Which is, right, that's why I say it's like the most basic. Yeah. It leads to, I'm not safe, not supported. I am alone. There is no love, right? I, it's like the whole rejection. If people knew that there is this thing that is something wrong with me, people are going to reject me. It starts to, you know, get into all that stuff too. So we should also bring into this conversation underlying emotions for self-sabotage. There's two primarily. There's guilt and there's shame. And shame in itself is self-sabotaging. Shame, the emotion of shame, tells you that you're not good enough. You don't belong. So you should probably just lay low and stay out of it. Right? So now, in shame, you're not going to put yourself out there. You're not going to expose yourself. Rejection's inevitable. If you feel like, I'm no good. I'm not going to open up to this relationship, right? I'm not going to open up to this opportunity. It's not going to go well for me, right? I might get exposed. I might get found out. They might know how terrible of a person I am, right? Or, or just inadequate, how inadequate I am. And they won't love me. They won't accept me. And now you're not living life. You're not participating. Or that you get into that relationship just to, you know, test test the waters, right? You go just ankle deep and something not so good happens. And then what happens, man? Your ego says, I told you so. I knew it. It's your fault. I knew it all along. (laughs) We're not lovable. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's totally it. And then guilt, uh, guilt's kind of like self-punishment, right? So if you identify with guilt, our built-in sense of justice that almost all humans have says you deserve something bad, right? Mm-hmm. So if we're carrying guilt, we're operating at guilt, we're going to self-sabotage in some degree so we can feel like the price has been paid, right? So we can go on in life. It's not really how guilt works, but if you're feeling guilty, you'll, you won't stand up for yourself when you should, Right. Mm-hmm. You won't allow yourself to feel joy or pleasure on certain occasions, right? You'll rob yourself of those experiences because you say, I don't deserve this good time. I don't deserve this opportunity at work, right? I don't deserve the affection of this person. Mm-hmm. And you won't let yourself have it. You'll make micro, little, tiny decisions that will steer you away from those blessings, right? Or that grace in your life. Mm-hmm. Those two are the two most low-level emotional frequencies that you can operate on, and they're dangerous because they 
keep you from living. Mm-hmm. So you could say almost like synonymous with death, right? You're not participating in this great like gift of life. Because mm-hmm. the, pr- the price of admission of life is uh, some pain, right? There's going to be challenge and there's going to be heartache. And that is being alive, right? Mm-hmm. It's getting out there and experiencing it all. But experiencing it all in a truer sense, right? Not this created like artificial sense that our ego uh, has like appropriated for us. Mm-hmm. It's like really being out in the world in connection to the other people living in it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I do think there might be a time and a place for someone to experience guilt. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I could. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's a, it's a behavior modifier. Yeah. Um, when experienced appropriately. Yeah. I mean, in most scenarios, as David Hawkins says, like what we would call sin in most scenarios are just spiritual immaturities. Okay. We just, we're learning. <laughs> we're learning. But I mean, there are some seriously wrong things that people can do. And I would hope that they feel guilty when it happens. Right. And the point of guilt is not to identify with I'm a guilty person. It's to be like, that wasn't a good choice. Right. That yeah. wasn't what was best. So you feel that guilt to say, to like pause in life and say, okay, that's not the best for me or that's not the best for my family or my community. I now know not to do that again. Mm -hmm. And then the idea is forgiving yourself and move on in gratitude for the lesson and in love for yourself and becoming a more realized person. Not to be like, I'm guilty and I'm (laughs) worthless and I don't deserve good things. Yeah. Keep thinking about, I think one of my favorite images of guilt is Robert De Niro in The Mission. Mm. And of course he kills his brother um, over a a woman he was in love with that his brother ended up, you know, uh, being with and and he also has this whole history of being a mercenary and enslaving the indians anyways he's kind of having in the middle of this conversion this priest jeremy irons brings him up to do mission work for these indians and he has this incredible guilt and so he carries all of his armor his mercenary armor up these waterfalls through the jungles of the amazon you know Really brutal, I'm sure, but he, because he's punishing himself. It's like this is his fit justice punishment. that, And he, he never feels like he's going to probably be free from this. But he's carrying, literally, he's carrying the tools of his, his trade, of his identity behind him. And they get up the falls and they get into that community of, of Indians, these natives, and... Um, one of the natives comes up and cuts the cord that was tying him to his armor and it just drifts off into the water. And Robert De Niro just starts bawling, right? And he totally ugly cries, man. And he's got like (laughs) mud all over him and everything. And all the natives start laughing at him (laughs) um, because they think it's funny that he's like crying like this, you know? 
Um, but he's accepted into a community and they, they cut off this old identity that he has. It drifts off into the water, just let goes. It, it surrenders it. it. He let goes of, he let, lets it go. Sorry. Such a cool image, man. And he has those tears of just that freedom that he's feeling. He feels forgiveness. That's like the most healing emotion that we can have is forgiveness feeling forgiven and it's like a requirement for healing is forgiveness of self and others and i you know ultimately compassion is what that is it's like i tell people you know joy and hope and peace that's that's like icing right that's like the good stuff but what's required to feel to be a healthy person is compassion and forgiveness goes with that yeah, that's probably one of the number one homework assignments we give people. I mean, at least for me, is forgiveness. It's letting go and forgiveness. I mean, just those two things alone can change someone's life. I mean, this is probably a good homework assignment for the for the podcast. Is all of you who are listening, thank you for listening, by the way. Yeah. And <laughs> at some point today. I want you to close your eyes, let all this stuff, that all the self-criticism, all the sabotage patterns we're talking about, all the shame and guilt come to the surface. Let it go. Do your best to let it go. Do your best to forgive yourself. Just kind of go through it as it comes up. Be like, I forgive myself for that and I let it go. I mean, that'd be a really cool thing that everyone can do today. I'd say I forgive myself for that. Or what I do is I get in, you know, uh, a peaceful state, let things stream, stream through in your mind. And as they do, I say to myself, I forgive you and I love you. And then if another thought or memory comes to mind, I forgive you and I love you. That's awesome. I like to imagine... <laughs> since we're getting into this, our own little exercises, I'll usually do one of two things. I like the elemental kind of images. So I'm floating on my back. If I'm laying down, I'm imagining myself floating on my back in a river. There's inner and outer peace. I'm just kind of floating and laying there. And as these things come up, I just let them go in the water and they just dissolve. That's the image I have. It's just like, yeah forgiving myself, loving myself for this. And then, you know, I imagine that God is the water and I'm just being gently led through life like that, you know? Mm, that's a nice meditation. And that, you know, as I let things go, God dissolves them in the water. So I'm sur ultimately I'm surrendering everything to God in the water, right? Ultimately. Yeah. The other one is John of the Cross. It's totally, you know, that's the good one for people who are overstimulated and anxious and all those things. The other one is very stimulating and it's imagining that I'm a piece of wood turning into fire basically, right? Where John of the Cross has a fantastic image in a poem. Uh, which one is it? The living flame of love. This is what, <laughs> this is what it is called the living, living flame of love. And as we 
are burnt, like we get this, as we're close to the fire, right? The fire is divine. We actually catch fire and we, we become transformed or transfigured, right? Mm-hmm. So I like that image because it's like, okay, I'm shedding off this wood stuff and I'm becoming divine myself, sharing in the divinity of God. I'm taking, you know, the Eastern fathers called it deification. I'm becoming this process of becoming God. Yeah. And that's, you know, a little meditation, you know, not everyone who listens is Christian, but it was the feast of Athanasius yesterday. He's one of my homeboys. Love that guy. And he says, um, what Jesus did not, what God did not take on, God could not save. So, you know, therefore Jesus took on our full humanity, every little bit so that we can be fully redeemed. And it's so that, you know, and, and he's very known in that same sentiment saying God became man. So man can become God. Right. So it's still rules apply. If you're not, you know, even if you're not Christian, right. We're on this spiritual journey of deification, right? Where, yeah. So I like those images. Those are my meditation images that I use oftentimes, I guess. I'm going to use them from now on. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, that's uh I know you've got to get back to work, Nick, so let's wrap up whatever business we got to, and then we'll let you get on with your day and uh we have an announcement well, it's not a new announcement, just more news about our Nashville seminar. Got any details on that, Nick? Well, the same details mostly that it's um June what is it it's uh, June 6th, it's a Thursday. If there's a lot of people, we might also do a Friday if, if there's enough people to do it maybe, but planning on it for a Thursday evening, several hours, we're going to talk about some awesome transformative health stuff. Transform Transformational healing is really what this is about. And then the cool thing is then we're going to treat everybody there. Yeah. So it's just going to be like a quick, you know, <laughs> I mean, and have all the, the healing juices going in that, in that place. So if you want to be a part of this incredible opportunity, honestly, I'm so excited to do it. If you want to be a part of it, let us know, contact, reach us. Um, we're going to be putting uh, stuff out there so you can RSVP and look for more information. How do you RSVP, Nick? Well, we haven't made it yet. So they just got, <laughs> they, they can, can email us. They could always email us. If you want to be there, you could email us. Um, what's your email? I mean, they can email us at the cultivated being at gmail.com. It's a great Perfect. place or reach out to Jake on his website. Yeah, Dr. Jake Hyde, drjakehyde.com. Uh, always write in with questions too. We love answering them for you. If you got specific health questions, curiosities about life and its goodness, you want to know about um, anything personal about Nick and his childhood, happy to answer those questions. 
uh, we might go to Phoenix in a few hours, Nick. So maybe we'll grab a guest over there. If we're lucky. Yeah. Try and figure that one out. And what else? I think that's it. That's good. Yep. All right. Well, good podcast, Nick. Yep. You too, Jake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. We love you all and uh, appreciate you so much. Do those right. exercises Nick was talking about. It'll make a big difference. All right. Peace out, everybody.